Hello, and welcome to episode 637 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, and yes, it is with great pleasure and relief that I can let you know the big dog himself, Evan Silva, is back in the mix with me today. Evan, everyone was genuinely worried about you. I'm sure everyone will be happy to hear your voice. How you feeling, buddy? What's going on? I'm feeling great. Um, it was you know, a horrible experience to spend an entire week laying on a hospital bed. Um, you know, it was, it was like unhealthy. I mean, I, I try to work out like every day, exercise every day. And I, I couldn't even do that. And um, so it, it sucked. And, you know, this is like, this is what I do, you know? So I, like, I, I've been doing this for 15, 16, 17 years. I don't know. And just to lose that sucked. Like when I finally got back home on Saturday, I felt like almost like energized. Like I just wanted to work, you know, I wanted to like write about football, watch football, um, you know, get caught up on everything. And I, I, I want to apologize like to the people, like people pay for our service. And I know a lot of people sign up just to read the matchups column. And that was taken away from them this past week. And uh, you know, I, I, I apologize for that. I, I what, what I can guarantee you, what, what's the, the Tim Tebow, thing like for the rest of the season we're gonna fucking kick ass <laughs> i i can guarantee you that um I, I'm, I'm ready for the rest of the season i'm ready to run through a wall it's great to have evan back as well and yeah you know i don't think anyone should feel bad about missing work due to health reasons that are beyond our control but everybody understands and appreciates the sentiment for sure anyways on with the show we are going to go team by team through each of the 32 NFL squads, talking through everything we saw in week four and what it means going forward. We will be doing this each and every week right here. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. It is indeed free. We are sticking with the new format here, meaning we'll go with the five biggest stories from week four to start, and then we'll go team by team, alphabetical by conference, all in one episode. Before we get into it here today, two quick things. First, we are currently working on our rest of season top 150 rankings. There will be significant changes each week. We think rest of season top 150 is a very useful tool for trading and season-long leagues, digesting how to think about players rest of season. Factors in buys, injuries, usage, et cetera. If you have DraftKit Pro or in-season package, be on the lookout for that Wednesday. Also, I know traditional best ball season is sadly over, but our friends at Underdog still have action. Weekly snake draft tournaments. There's a live final contest in Miami. Resurrection, the new best ball contest is up. We do have rankings for that. On the site as well, use promo code ETR when you sign up at Underdog for matching deposit bonus of up to $100. That's promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. All right. Evan was unable to perform last week. The Bengals have been virtually unable to perform all season. I honestly, Evan, I did not think that this was in the range of outcomes for the Bengals. They've lost to the Browns, lost to the Ravens, barely beat the Rams, got smoked by the Titans on Sunday. They are dead last in the NFL in yards per play this season. Joe Burrow is at 4.8 yards per attempt. I didn't think any of this was in the range of outcomes. Now, the easy thing to say is Joe Burrow hurt his calf in the preseason, and that has completely torpedoed the offense. I get that. I think there's merit in that. I'm not sure that's everything that's going on. What is your outlook on the Bengals right now after a really humiliating loss to the Titans? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't totally attribute it to that, but I mean, you could tell that he is, is struggling to generate velocity. First of all, he doesn't have a great arm to begin with. I mean, he's got plenty of arm strength, right? 
but he is struggling to generate velocity on his passes. A big part of his game, like I remember, I think Pat Thorman made the comparison during his first season to Tony Romo. Tony Romo was not necessarily a guy who ran for 35 yards every game, but he moves around in the pocket a lot. You know, he manipulates the pocket. Joe Burrow can't do that right now. Their offensive line has been problematic. T. Higgins has been, you know, ghost this week, balling this week, now mm -hmm. dealing with a fractured rib. Irv Smith has really given them nothing. He's out uh, with a hamstring injury. So, you know, I don't think that they're particularly well coached. I I've kind of never thought that offensively. And their running game isn't, isn't very good. So they're like legit not a good team right now. Yeah, it it's bad. And the T. Higgins thing is bad too because I think T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd give them one of the best three wide receiver sets in the NFL. Obviously, T. Higgins says he might be able to play through this broken rib. I am somewhat skeptical. We've seen T. Higgins go out there before when he's hurt and completely airball. So that's one we're going to be very, very careful with. If he can't go, it's ugly, man. Trenton Irwin and Andre Iosovis. I'm sure I butchered that name, but those are the next guys up. And they don't have a buy until week seven. So, I mean, if they want Burrow to rest through week seven, I don't know how practical that is. I mean, they're one in three. They face Arizona, Seattle the next two weeks. I guess people want to know, Evan, if you had Jamar Chase, if you had Joe Burrow in season long at this point, what's your play right now? Well, they did already announce that Joe Burrow is starting this week. Yep. So they're they're not sitting him down and he's going to go all the way through the bye and probably just just try to try to work through it the rest of the season. I mean, T Higgins is down again. Irv Smith is down. I mean, I could still see Jamar Chase having some really, really big weeks. So I'm, I'm not pushing the panic button on him. You have to expect a level of inconsistency from him at this point. But I, I think that he's still a guy that, I mean, I wouldn't even be opposed to, to trying to buy him low uh, yeah. in season long. I, I, I'm not, I'm not like trying to sell him off for 75 cents on the dollar. Agreed. Agreed. All right. On the other side of the coin, Something I didn't expect this season is CJ Stroud having one of the more impressive rookie quarterback seasons I can remember. And by the way, he's doing this with an absolutely decimated offensive line. We've talked about how many injuries Houston's offensive line is dealing with. CJ Stroud has not taken a sack in either of the last two games. He has thrown zero interceptions all year. CJ Stroud is on pace to throw for 5,100 yards. The NFL rookie record set by Andrew Luck in 2012 is just 4,300 yards. I mean, this C.J. Stroud first four games is awesome. Evan, has this changed your overall outlook on C.J. Stroud? How much do you think this is sustainable rest of way? Yeah, I was kind of on the fence about C.J. Stroud entering the NFL. I think that what he has shown so far, you have to be feeling really good if you're, you know, any kind of a Texan supporter. You got C.J. Stroud in a dynasty league. I mean, and, and it's really impressive what they've done because they've been missing like four four of their five starting offensive linemen. Yeah. You know, one of the best left tackles in the league, Laramie Tunsil goes down. His backup, Josh Jones, goes down. I mean, they're down to their third string left tackle. I think a lot of the credit should go to Bobby Slowick. Their offensive coordinator uh, has Kyle Shanahan background, also got his start at Pro Football Focus. So as Jack Miller said in our – as Jack Miller said in our, uh, our our private Slack, score one for the socialists, Bobby <laughs> Slowick, the socialist. Um, but, I mean, they, they've got weapons. They've got a really good scheme. He's He's been poised in the pocket. That was – you remember we had Mike Renner on, and he talked about that his pocket presence, C.J. Stroud's pocket presence kind of came and went a little bit at Ohio State. I, I've seen none of that. He's 
he's balling right now through the first four games of his career. He has the second most passing yards in NFL history among quarterbacks through the first month of their of their rookie season. So, yeah. I mean, I, I I think he's for real. I think the Tank Dell is for real. Nico Collins, God, I was way too low on him entering the season. I think he's for real. You know, we we've been believers in Nico Collins, and and, and he's hitting. Yeah, I mean, back to back really good wins for the Texans. Beat up on the Jaguars on the road, and then an easy easy home win this past week over the Steelers. I mean. You know, I had no Tank Dell did not have a good game. That's the way it's going to go with these big play guys from time to time. Mm-hmm. I still think Tank Dell is an awesome guy to have on your team. I think we we should talk a little bit about Damian Pierce. His snap rate, 59%, was his highest of the season, but he's still losing quite a bit of work to Singletary, yeah. um, and he doesn't play very much in the passing game. Where are you at on him? His touch counts, 13, 17, 17, and 25, but again – you know, he, he's, he's losing work to Singletary and, and in the passing game. Yeah, it's he's losing the high-value touches. And even in, like, when they're behind, he's not playing that much. Even when they're ahead by a lot, he's losing work. So, yeah, to me, like, Brian Robinson has a better role than Damian Pierce right mm-hmm. now and just is what it is. Let's go to – oh, by the way, Houston gets the Falcons this week. Another good spot, reasonably good spot for C.J. Stroud. The third biggest story of the week to me was the Bears. And I understand they played – the Broncos, okay? I get it. And we're going to get to the Broncos defense when we get to them. But just to see Justin Fields go 28 of 35 for 335 pass yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, have a huge day without really using his legs at all. I mean, that had to be really, really good to see for anyone who has Justin Fields. I talked more about his projection and stuff like that on the solo pod. Hopefully you guys heard that. I'm not ready to sit here and say Justin Fields is back, but I'm glad that we told everybody hopefully not to drop Justin Fields because when you add rushing to what he can do, as you can see with his arm, he can have some huge days. Evan, what would you be doing right now if you had Justin Fields? How sticky do you think this performance is from him? I think that he's an every week fantasy starter, um, but there some context is needed. That Broncos defense is just an absolute train wreck. I mean, they're, they're awful. Um, Justin Fields still, and I know his production was there. He averaged almost 10 yards per pass attempt. He's still not running enough, I don't think. And he's still holding on to the ball too long. Uh, And they've got a a big Thursday nighter coming up against Washington, who's like top six in the NFL in sacks. And the Bears have given up the second most sacks in the league. They are getting back Tevin Jenkins, their left guard. I think he'll be available on Thursday night, if not the following week. So that could help a little bit. Um, You know, I – I, I think that Justin Fields is an every week starter and it's just going to be a roller coaster ride with uh, DJ Moore, which we've already seen through the first four games. And um, Cole Komet is, a, you know, he's a, primarily like a touchdown or bus guy. And I, I know I know he scored twice this past week, but he's going to be a touchdown or bus guy going forward, I believe. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Bears lost this game. They're now 0-4. I mean, they should be angling for Caleb Williams, you know, so like long, long term, maybe Justin Fields isn't there maybe they can end up with Caleb Williams somehow but yeah they get if the season ended today the Bears would have the numbers one and two overall picks yeah um one other thing Khalil Herbert like kind of commandingly retook the Bears lead back job in this game ran pretty well 22 touches only six for Roshan Johnson I'm still stashing Roshan Johnson but I mean Herbert was the main dude against Denver I still think Khalil Herbert's a talented guy who in these types of games where he can be really efficient is going to be solid. Roshan to me remains the passing 
down guy and later in the season, maybe more of a feature role. Lions. So there were like reports. I'm not sure if you saw them, Evan, but there were like conflicting reports over whether David Montgomery would even play in that game on Thursday. Not only does David Montgomery play in the game, he dominates 63-28 in snaps over Jameer Gibbs, 16-14 in routes over Jameer Gibbs. Carries were Montgomery 32, Gibbs 8. Carries inside the 10, Montgomery 8, Gibbs 0. This, even though the Lions won, even though David Montgomery had an awesome game, an awesome fantasy game, even though like I have really heavy Dave Montgomery bags, I hope all you guys too, fantasy Twitter was still in a full-on meltdown about the lack of usage for Jameer Gibbs. It's hard to quibble with the way that the Lions have been doing it, though. What do you think about Jameer Gibbs going forward? Any other thoughts on the Lions from their game against the Packers? Yeah, they're playing really good offense, and they don't trust Jameer Gibbs in pass protection. Jameer Gibbs, a lot of running backs come out of Alabama, and they're like pro-ready in pass protection. That's not the case. They didn't let Jameer Gibbs pass protect at Alabama. Um, Dave Montgomery is going to get the ball at the goal line. His touch counts in his three appearances this season, 21, 17, and 34. He's going to get the ball at the goal line. I know that his um, his target shares have been really weak, but um, you know, if something were to happen to Jameer Gibbs, like all of a sudden he could be – I mean, he could be an absolute league winner. And I think he's an every-week starter in the role that he currently has – in a high octane offense with a really good offensive line. And obviously he's heavily trusted. Oh, see, I think he's more than every week starter. I think he's like an asset, man. I mean, and he has home game against the Panthers this week. That yep. that touch game you mentioned when he only had, only had 17, he left that game pretty early. He would have had another 10 touches. I know because I played him in cash that game and I was uh, tilting my face off. But anyways, yeah, role is incredible. Also with the Lions, we need to talk about Jamison Williams is officially back. So NFL reduced Jamison Williams suspension from six games to four games. Again, Jameson Williams is eligible to play this week. I think he will be active for this Panthers game. I don't think he's going to play a ton, though. Remember that when you're suspended, you cannot be with the team in the facility. You can't talk to coaches. So he's been away from the team for a month. Before that, he had a hamstring injury also. That said, I still like having Jameson Williams on my bench mm-hmm. in season long. What do you think about Jameson Williams reintegrating to this team? Yeah, I think the way that I would view him right now is a guy that I could potentially plug in as like a flex during the bye weeks. Um, but I'm viewing him as like a shot play specialist, maybe 15 to 20 snaps a game until he earns more. Josh Reynolds is another guy that's really trusted. You know, yeah. Amon Ra obviously is not going anywhere. By the way, what a tough dude playing through this toe injury, still balling. Sam Laporta has 22 receptions through four games, the most by any tight end in league history over their first four yeah. NFL games. I mean, he's the rare every week starter at tight end as a rookie agreed um last of the top stories for this week is the chargers so they ended up facing aiden o'connell in this game get out to a big lead and hang on josh palmer made a big play late i was just curious your take evan on their first game without mike williams i thought josh palmer you know did a great job earning targets led the team in targets he ran a route on every one of Justin Herbert's dropbacks. He could have had a much bigger game. He got a ball knocked out of his hands on the sideline on a good play by the defender. Palmer makes a big, big play late to ice the game for them. Meanwhile, Quentin Johnston ran 22 routes versus 31 for Keenan and Josh Palmer. So, yeah, what do you think of the Chargers in their first game without Big Mike? And obviously, by the way, no Eckler in this game. Do expect Eckler back after the bye. 
Yeah, I mean, it was not a very impressive offensive performance from any of the Chargers against a, a, a defense that I don't think anybody really respects too much. Max Crosby had an unbelievable game against the Chargers. Justin Herbert was under a lot of duress. He, like, broke his middle finger on his left hand. Yeah. He's going to be fine. They got a bye coming up. But um, it, it was a disappointing performance. Your boy, Donald Parham, he suffered a wrist injury. We'll see on that. Um his uh, Quentin Johnston's route participation. This is via Jacob Gibbs, who, by, by the way, is a really good follow on Twitter for participation stuff. Quentin Johnston in weeks one through three, his route participation was only 28%. This past week, it was 71%. And this upcoming buy will give the Chargers, you know, further incentive, more time to further incorporate. They just need to get the ball in his hands. He's a rack monster. Um, and he's not going anywhere. Like this is the this is the locked in three receiver set with him, Palmer, and Keenan Allen. Agreed. And like I'm sure a lot of people spent a bunch of fab money on Quentin Johnston last week. I would not panic after this week. I would be holding him through the bye. But I also like having Josh Palmer too, man. I mean, I don't think that Josh Palmer is going to stop playing every snap, right? Whatsoever. Yeah. No, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, um, if Parham misses time, then I think Gerald Everett might become a little bit more interesting. He'll certainly be a little bit better. The other thing I was thinking is maybe they could maybe play even more three wide receiver sets if Parham is out. Uh, also, Austin Eckler stuff is going to change a lot, though. He's going to command a ton of targets. Am fully expecting Austin Eckler back after the bye. Seemed like he at least had a small chance to play this past week. Didn't end up suiting up. All right. For the top five stories of the week, let's get into the NFC now with Arizona. Another loss for the Cardinals. They're one and three now. But look, man, they played way better than I thought they would. They barely lost to the Commanders week one. They had a 28 nothing lead against the Giants in week two. They beat the Cowboys somehow in week three. And then on Sunday, they were kind of in the game against the 49ers. They did beat them. To me, credit to Josh Dobbs. He's been running a ton, and he's been fine. Evan, what do you see out of Arizona's loss to the 49ers? You know, I didn't have a ton of takeaways that would really move the needle. Marquise Brown is playing pretty well, though. I mean, he was a guy that, you know, no one wanted. Yeah. Um, I think we wound up, like, being way ahead oh. of ADP on him or, or something. Yeah. It, in order to have Mar Marquise Brown ADP, we would have had to projected him to get hurt. Like, there was literally no way for him for to knock him anywhere unless we were like, hey, he's going to get hurt. Because, yeah, I mean, just so many targets and he's a talented player. So, yeah, for sure. Right. I wound up getting a ton of them. Yeah. In uh, in uh, 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 best ball, yeah. I, I think that maybe the the only thing that really stood out to me here was um, Michael Wilson is now like locked into three receiver sets. Rondell Moore in the slot, and Marquise Brown opposite Michael Wilson, uh, the rookie that they love out of Stanford. Yeah, uh, one thing that I would say is that you know James Conner typically projects well for us, and I never play him because I always want to IKB how bad he is and how bad the situation is. Now he won't project as well because Amari Demarcado has worked himself into the pass down role, a lot of the long down and distance stuff. So he actually ran, Demarcado ran one more route than James Conner did against the 49ers, which I thought was notable for people who consider or have James Conner. does not have that true workhorse role right now. Yeah, Amari Demarcado was Kendra Miller's backup at TCU. Yep. Falcons. Wheels, I feel like the wheels are coming off already. I know it's only been two losses for the Falcons, but I didn't think it was possible. Desmond Ritter might be playing worse that Marcus Mariota played last year. This time they go to London and are never really in the game against the Jaguars. That flowed through to Kyle Pitts stuff, which we didn't talk about because Johnny Smith is now outplaying Kyle Pitts 
as well. But yeah, it does not look good right now for turning this thing around with the way Desmond Ritter is playing Evan Falcon's thoughts after their London game. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, well, I think Arthur Smith pretty much told us what the deal with Kyle Pitts is, and that's that he's not healthy. Like he's out there playing at like 60%. I mean, there, and there have been a ton of like videos you can see him running with a you're, major hitch in his gait. You're talking about the knee injury from last year, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you remember during training camp, there was some whispers that. Well, that he was he really was slow to come back. If it was just, a, I talked to Stefania Bell about this. Like if it was a regular MCL, he would have been back like months earlier. So there was mm -hmm. definitely something going on there, but yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it is, um, because I mean, during the press conferences, Arthur Smith is, is already being asked, hey, is Desmond Ritter still the starter? Like it could be Taylor Heineke time Yeah, in Atlanta. I think it should be. I think it should be. I really do. As someone with a bunch of Falcons tickets, futures tickets from before the season, like I, I think it should be Taylor Heineke. Johnny has now had three decent games this year. Johnny Smith has. Pitts has one game with more than six points. He had like 6.2 points one week. So yeah, are you giving people the green light to drop Kyle Pitts, Evan? I don't know. What do you think, man? I mean, it, it's it's getting there. I mean, you you can't really play him. I mean, I, I would keep him on my bench until we until Heineke gets in there. Would be would be right. my take. All right, um, I think that's a good take. Okay, let's go to Carolina. Really interesting running back usage in this game, and I get that Miles Sanders came into this game with a groin issue, but man, Miles Sanders actually got outsnapped by Chuba Hubbard, thirty nine thirty one. Chuba ran twelve routes, Miles eleven. They just got sixteen opportunities. Chuba has outplayed Miles from an efficiency standpoint for much of the year. But yeah, I mean, this offense as a whole, Evan, my God, you're home against Minnesota and you get 3.4 yards per play. That is embarrassing. What do you think of Bryce Young's latest failure this time home against Minnesota? Yeah, there's just not a lot of talent around him. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't really feel any sense of optimism really regarding almost anyone on the Panthers offense. At Thielen? this point, yeah, Thielen, although he got hurt, didn't he? He got banged up, but he came back in the game. A real a real warrior. Yeah. I mean, I would rather have him with Dalton. You know, oh, I'd rather have Dalton sure. out there, you know. Sure. So, uh, I don't know. It's just – it's going to be a, a slog for this entire offense, I think. I thought that it was notable that in the second half of, of this game, Chubba Hubbard was like – almost like the clear lead back over yeah. Miles Sanders. Yeah. But again, it maybe it was due to the groin injury. I, I don't know. I, I This is not a fun offense. Yeah, I, for sure. And they're 0-4 right now. They play at the Lions in week five and then at the Dolphins in week six. Like, they're staring 0-6 in the face are your Carolina Panthers. Cowboys. You know, Patriots are so slow. They just have no chance against a defense like this. This game was 28-3 at the half Patriots were never in it. Dallas's defense completely dominated. We did get a nice Jake Ferguson game here who I think role has quietly been good. My biggest takeaway from this game is, you know, a slowish Tony Pollard game. Again, I think he's moving into by low territory for Tony Pollard. They have to play San Francisco this week, but after that chargers, Rams, Eagles, giants, Panthers, commanders, Seahawks. I mean, I really want to have Tony Pollard for those games. If anyone's selling low right now, I'd be in on that. Evan, any Cowboys takeaways, from their easy win over the Patriots. Yeah, I like that take, number one. Number two, their offensive line really crumbled there for uh, about like a week and a half, and they're starting to get guys back. So I think that that really bodes well. Again, 
you know, the Cowboys offensive line is like the one of the biggest foundations for their offense. And when you're lo- when you're losing like Zach Martin and Tyler Biadash and Tyron Tyron Smith, like that hurts. But but these guys are starting to come back, and I think that that bodes really well for Tony Pollard and the and the entirety of the offense. Packers, I mean. They came out on Thursday night in a huge game against the Lions with Aaron Jones and Christian Watson back and just laid an egg. I mean, they just did not show up out of the gate, did the Packers. Now, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson were both on snap counts. But yeah, you saw some of the things that have maybe been masked in um, normal stats on Jordan Love reared their ugly head with the underlying stuff. You know, he was not good, made a bunch of mistakes in this game. Any Packers thoughts, Evan? Ugly loss for them home against the Lions in that Island game. Yeah. And you usually see historically, especially on the Thursday night games, the home team shows up, you know, there, there's like a, a long document documented track record of, of these teams on the Thursday night games at when they're at home, they perform really well. The Packers did the opposite. This was really the first game where Jordan love was under a lot of duress. And we saw that he did not handle that particularly well. And I wonder, I mean, the Lions dominated. Their, their D-line dominated up front. And the Packers placed David Bakhtiar. I think he's done for the season. Yep. That that really hurts. I mean, that that's bad. That's bad news. Um, Luke Musgrave suffered a concussion. Yeah. They do have a really long, they have what, like 11 days because they play next on Monday night football? They play the Raiders on Monday night, yes. Right. So they'll get these guys back. You know who stinks is AJ Dillon. I well, mean, yeah. God, he's awful. I mean, I they they need to. And I know that Aaron Jones has been dealing with you know an injury on and off, but like AJ Dillon needs to go away. Yeah, and, and I was gonna say that you know like Christian Watson only ran twenty routes on forty two dropbacks, did catch a touchdown against this Raiders team with so much time off. I would expect Christian Watson back around eighty plus percent of the routes. And to Evan's point, you know, my note was that. You can't keep putting AJ Dillon out there like this. I mean, Aaron Jones' role has to be expanded to see handoffs more. to AJ Dillon are wasted plays. Rams. I mean, this has turned into like the fantasy story of the year. They are riding Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua every week, and they did it again this time in a really good overtime win over the Colts. Now, I would note that the workload did come off of Kyron Williams a little bit. He didn't return punts. He only quote unquote played seventy two percent of the snaps. Only around on 61% of dropbacks, but still 28 more touches for Kyron Williams, 30.7 more DraftKings points. It's just, man, so concentrated and been they've been effective moving the football. What do you see out of the Rams overtime win over the Colts? Yeah, Kyron Williams touch counts weeks one through four, 15, 20, 12, 28. I know his, well, he was 100% snap player the previous two games. 72%, like, I think we can live with that. I think that if you're in a deeper league, Ronnie Rivers right now seems to be clearly the Rams' number two. Yeah. So I think that he's worth a stash at the end of benches. Stafford suffered a hip in- – Stafford's been balling, by the way. Yep. Stafford suffered, suffered a hip injury in this game. That's something to monitor. It doesn't sound like it's going to cost him any time, but it, it may cost him some practice time. Uh, on Puka – you know, Puka is on pace now for 166, 166 catches, 2,129 yards. The And I don't think that it's really that fluky, man. I really don't. Like, obviously, he's going to regress off that. But I don't think him having being like a 7K wide receiver on DraftKings every week, like, I think that makes sense. 
Of course, a lot will change if and when Cooper Cup comes back. There have not been a ton of reports on Cooper Cup. We did get the quotes from Sean McVay last week at the press conference that he's on his way. He's been working out. And that was all great stuff to hear. He didn't want to commit to Cooper Cup playing in week five. He said there's a difference between returning to performance and returning to play. So we'll have to see on Cooper Cup. But it does sound like he's at least on his way back. My guess, wild guess, would be like week six he'll try to come back or week seven. But I'm honestly just guessing because we do not have a lot of news out there on that right now. Yeah, just wait and see mode on Cooper Cup. Vikings go down to Carolina. It was not a very Vikings-esque game. In other words, there weren't a ton of Kirk Cousins dropbacks. He did throw uh, a pick six, but they still go down there and get the win in Cam Akers' Vikings debut. By the way, Cam Akers did play 14 snaps, Madison 33. The guy who lost was Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler, best ball bags, are looking like a stone zero right now with Cam Akers in the mix. Ty Chandler played zero, I repeat, zero snaps. Evan, what did you see out of the Vikings win down in Carolina? Um, I think it's notable that Jordan Addison is still running behind K.J. Osborne, which is a little bit frustrating and a little bit surprising. I mean, Jordan Addison had one target and goosed. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Madison is still the Vikings' lead back. Um, And I I don't think that that's necessarily going to change. As you mentioned, Tyler Chandler was the odd man out. He has a, a level of explosiveness that Cam Akers and Alexander Madison don't bring to the table, but they clearly just they don't they don't trust Ty Chandler. Yeah, you can safely drop Ty Chandler, obviously. Now, I did think, you know, as much as Madison has been through and how you know much he's struggled and how bad it's been, he's still around the running back 20 in fantasy points through the first month. He was drafted after that, you know, running back 22 running back 23. So it's been scary. And the Cam Akers stuff is scary. Cam Akers role could grow, but I think this is where they want it. Again, opportunities were Madison 18, Akers 7. I think that ratio is be, will be pretty sticky going forward. Saints. Man, this was ugly. Derek Carr was playing through a shoulder sprain and maybe he should have just sat it out because he could not push the ball down the field. I mean, Alave was invisible. He checked down to Alvin Kamara, who made his return from suspension. First game back, Kamara, 14 targets, 13 catches for 33 yards. I mean, that's an NFL record, obviously. Like, you don't catch 13 balls for 33 yards. It's, like, almost impossible. They maybe should just let Jameis Winston play this game. I don't know. What do you think out of Saints' ugly loss to the Bucks? Yeah, are we attributing this to Derek Carr's shoulder injury? I, I That was my first thought. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. Yeah. I talked to Underhill about this and he's just, I don't know if I should say it, but I, I think they, I think that Nick thinks that uh, Derek Carr just isn't very good. And I, I've always kind of been on that. Yeah. I, just, I, just very, very mediocre. Right. League average quarterback. Maybe worse. I mean, he just, he, he's not a teammate elevator. He, he does not elevate his teammates and, so they're, they're just going to be really average on on offense or, you know, maybe worse than that. I mean, this, this was a disgusting display of offense. 3.4 yards for pass attempt, 127 yards on 37 attempts. No, that's not going to get it done. I mean, I'll say this. Like, he has good players around him, man. He doesn't need to elevate them. Olave, Kamara, I think Michael Thomas is having a pretty decent year. You know, like, he doesn't need to elevate them. He just needs to play league average. I was a bit struck that in Kamara's first game, Kendrick Miller only played like five snaps. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, they did not ease in Alvin Kamara at all. They said he was fresh and clearly they felt that he was 36% target share and 
11 of 16 running back carries for Alvin Kamara. Juwan Johnson hurt his calf in warmups in this game and did not play. So we'll, we'll be seeing what's going on with that. Giants last night. You know, I thought Danny Dimes was fine when he actually threw the football. When, and when he ran, he was fine. But the mistakes, my God, I mean, his awareness is just so bad. That fumble, he didn't feel the guy around him. And then the back-breaking pick six to Devin Witherspoon. I mean, Dable was pissed. I mean, Dable, like, did not hold back. That was clearly a mistake on Daniel Jones. Next two games for the Giants are at Miami, at Buff- Buffalo. They're likely going to be one and five. So ugly, ugly, ugly right now for the Giants. What do you think of their game last night against the Seahawks? Yeah, they just have so little juice on offense right now, number one. And number two, they can't protect at all. Yeah. You know, they 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 won. They played above their heads last year through a lot of smoke and mirrors, and I think that that's kind of coming full circle this year. No Andrew Thomas. He's missed multiple games at this point. Daniel Jones took 10 sacks and 14 quarterback hits against Seattle, which doesn't have a particularly good pass rush. This offense is in really bad shape right now. And Saquon Barkley is dealing with a high ankle sprain. And I don't know when he's coming back. Yeah, we'll see. I did like the changes they made at wide receiver last night. So Jalen Hyatt and Wandell Robinson played a lot more at the expense of Isaiah Hodgins and Paris Campbell, right? So Mm -hmm. I like that move that they made. I know it didn't make a difference really last night, but I did like that move uh, that they made. And I think that's notable. Well, those guys might be able to give them some juice on offense because that's, that's what they're lacking right now. For sure. Eagles have to go to overtime to beat the commanders. I thought it was a chance to get a really good look at the running backs in Philly because all of them were healthy and it was a close game. Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch. Boston Scott played zero offensive snaps. DeAndre Swift was the feature back. 45 snaps for him, 25, 27 for Kenny Gainwell. Opportunities were 18 to 6 in favor of Swift. And this is kind of what we've been talking about. Ever since that Swift breakout game, I forget what week it was, you just can't put that back in the bag. I mean, you cannot put the toothpaste back in the tube. It's clear DeAndre Swift, given the opportunity, is an awesome, awesome NFL player, just like we've suspected forever, but coaches didn't seem to agree until now. So, yeah, Evan, what do you think of Eagles' overtime win over the Commanders? And they got him the ball in the passing game in this one. That was a big question about DeAndre Swift entering the season. Um, so... I think that we have like maybe potentially some defined roles in the Eagles backfield, which is something that I didn't expect necessarily to, to uh, uh, reveal itself this early in the season. Deandre Swift is clearly the Eagles lead back. Kenneth Gainwell is like a, a dirty work, you know, role player. Rashad Penny is a healthy scratch and Boston Scott is playing on special teams. Yeah. So Look, one of the things that we we really like in fantasy is when we have a level of predictability and reliability uh, regarding roles. And I think that we have that right now in the Eagles backfield. Uh, this Dallas Goddard stuff, mm-hmm. people are like, oh, well, you know, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are so good. Of course, the Dallas Goddard's not having. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith were awesome last year. Awesome, awesome. And it was so concentrated to those three guys that Goddard still had good games. Goddard's dot is way down. I don't know, man. Something just feels off with the way that they're using him. Do you have any thoughts on Goddard for people holding the bag there? I really don't. You know, I expected more. Remember, we had Kemsky on before the season. Dallas Goddard was just dominating in training camp. Goes to show how useful that information is, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, there is uh, someone who has been tracking uh, first read targets. Yes. And A.J. Brown, I, I'm sorry that I 
I don't I don't recall who who this is, but I've seen it circulating. AJ Brown is the number one first read in the NFL, like kind of by a distance. Yeah, like they are going out of their way to target the crap out of him. And I mean, he's I mean. Dude is Terrell Owens. I mean, this was a monster game against Washington. Yeah, he was awesome. And from a DFS stuff, we talked about this a little bit on Sunday. Like, they just end up in this pricing structure and pricing range and projection range where they just don't get played that much. The Hurts, the A.J. Brown stack was not played this past week in DFS. San Francisco is roll over the Cardinals. I, you know, when Eli Mitchell is out, the CMC role is so absurd. 47 of 54 snaps, 20 of 23 running back carries and a 38% target share for Christian McCaffrey. You know, we've had him number one overall in the rest of season top 150 for the last couple weeks. Maybe we should have thought more about that before the season and had CMC over Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. But when you start to project in uh, all the Eli Mitchell stuff, which I think when Eli Mitchell is healthy, he'll get, it doesn't look quite as good. But yeah, anyways, Evan, any thoughts on San Francisco's easy win over the Cardinals? I mean, I, they're just, they're so good. I was listening to Matt Barrows, who's covered the 49ers for a long time on the athletic podcast. And he was like, this is the most talented 49ers team since like Steve Young, Jerry Rice, you know, John Taylor, Roger Craig. I mean, they're, they're absolutely loaded. Brock Purdy is like, was he nine and oh now as a regular season starter? Yeah. You, you had some stat on him. He's not no and and the 49ers have scored 30 or more points yeah. in eight, in eight out of Brock. And 30 points is like hard to score. Eight of nine games that Purdy has started, they've scored 30 plus points. Crazy. Yeah. Yep. Uh Debo played through his rib knee injury in this game. Yeah. And then Ayuk came back from his shoulder injury. Ayuk is another guy who's been getting a lot of first read targets. Brock oh, yeah. Purdy loves Ayuk. How can you not? I mean, I, as, a, as a receiver, it's like not even close. Ayuk is so much better than Debo. Obviously, Debo does the thing where he catches a five-yard ball, breaks 10 tackles, mm-hmm. and goes for a touchdown. Let's go to Seattle last night. I mean, I, say what you want about the Giants' offensive line. This was a dominant defensive performance from Seattle. 10 sacks. They hold Matt Breed at 2.1 yards per carry. I did want to note that Geno had to leave the game for a little bit. It was like a somewhat shaky play on the sideline from Isaiah Simmons. Turns out the report today is that Gino just banged up his knee. Obviously, came back in the game and was fine. So, so yeah, but really good win for Seattle. What would you think of their game in MetLife last night? Um, I thought that Charbonnet had some nice runs in this game. Yeah. But it's still clearly the Kenneth Walker show up top. So, that's something that we can lean on. The Seahawks in this game were missing four of their five starting offensive linemen. Both their guard, the only actual starter that they had was Evan Brown. They're without both their starting tackles and both their starting guards. So for them to have, you know, a somewhat functional, you know, offensive attack, I think was pretty impressive. Um, you know, Geno Smith didn't light it up or anything. Tyler Lockett had multiple uh, receptions called back on stupid penalties. Yeah. So he only finished with four for 54. Um, I don't know. They, they need to get their offensive line healthy, but. Again, I mean, they, they they beat up on a bad team. Yeah. Uh, again, beginning a lot of questions. Can I drop Jackson Smith and Jigba? So mm. Jackson Smith and Jigba stuff is bad right now. I mean, only Paris Campbell is worse in the NFL in yards per target. I mean, 0.67 yards per route run for JSN is so bad. It's like they're not running that many three wide receiver sets. When he gets targeted, it's literally behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage. It's a really hard way to make a living. I'm not dropping JSN personally because I think he's one injury away 
for a massive role, mm-hmm. but I don't think you can really start him in really any spots right now. Um, so if you need that bench spot, I understand. I'm trying to hold him though for the contingent value. Yeah. You know, he missed a ton of time in training camp. So it's, they, they come out the gates and like, you know, he's um, they, they don't really have a plan for him. And then they use a lot of two and three tight end sets, as you mentioned, and they have to use those two and three tight end sets because they're worried about their protection. So they have a buy coming up and hopefully they can get some of these offensive linemen back. I think that that could actually contribute to Jackson Smith having a, a, a productive second half of the season. I'm not dropping him either. Okay. Bucks. I thought that that NFC South was wide open and winnable and whoever was the best team in there can make a run. Tampa's played way better than I thought they could. Baker Mayfield has been fine. I mean, they can win the division. Mike Evans has a hamstring injury. doesn't sound too major. Hopefully they have a bye this week. So yeah, I mean, things are certainly looking up for Tampa. I mean, really good win for them going into New Orleans and spanking the Saints. What do you think of Tampa's divisional win? I don't know. I don't know. They're three and one. They're they're kind of overachieving. I think a lot of people expecting them to be a legitimately bad team this year. I definitely could have could have sided in, in that direction, but they've been very competitive. What is the deal with Mike Evans' injury? Yeah, it's a hamstring. We'll see. We'll okay. see. I haven't heard on hamstring. Severity. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, he goes out and Godwin goes nuts. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't have any big thoughts on this one. Oh, uh, Trey Palmer. He didn't really do a lot in this game, but he's playing a lot. And I think that if Mike Evans misses time, then he gets a little bit of a boost or probably probably a significant boost. Agreed. One thing for Mike Evans is they do have a bye this week. They'll come out of the bye and face the Lions. Also just wanted to note on Rashad White, like, you know, when he played the Bears, he was efficient. Against other teams, he's not going to be efficient. But it's kind of similar to the Joe Mixon role. I mean, you know, it's it's not – it's a very, very good role for Rashad White. Never going to look great on efficiency. Washington football team, last NFC team – here today, I mean, they were obviously, they were in it. Game went to overtime. It was a crazy play to get them to overtime, but they get to overtime. Still thought that Sam Howell held the ball too long in so many spots. Gets the miracle play to Jahan Dotson to send it to overtime. What did you think of Commander's narrow loss to the Eagles? Well, you know, Sam Howell has put up 17 or more fantasy points in three of his four starts. And I think that it's just going to be like a sort of a week by week, week, you know, he's a, I think it's like a, a, a matchup based offense. You can rely on them in, in, you know, positive matchups and that they have one coming up on Thursday night mm-hmm. against Chicago. Um, you know, they, they, they've really, you can blame it on protection. You can also blame it on Sam Howell holding the ball, whatever the case may be, they have big time like sacks allowed issues and the Bears have two sacks in four games. So this could be a game where, you know, Sam Howell has a pretty clean pocket and and we, we see, you know, the, the the commander's offense reach their peak. I thought that Jahan Dotson was a really good year two breakout candidate. His ADP got steamed to a point where it got really, really uncomfortable. Like I saw him going by the end in the sixth round and stuff like that. It's been really bad. I mean, he's been reliant on touchdowns, yards per route run have not been great at all in Jahan Dotson's career. And they're giving a ton of targets to Curtis Samuel. Or maybe Curtis Samuel's earning a ton of targets. I mean, Curtis Samuel has 20 targets this year. Dotson, 25. McLaurin, 26. And Logan Thomas has only played three games, has 14. And they also throw it to Cole Turner and Toto Gibson. And John, I mean, it's just hard to see Jahan Dotson or McLaurin consolidating here. So, um, yeah, 
I don't want to like take a full L on Jahan Dotson because I still think he'll have good games and touchdowns, but it's not looking great. Jahan Dotson is dealing with an ankle injury, by the way, and Curtis Samuel is on injury report with a quad injury. Yeah. And this is a short week, so I don't even know if they're going to play. Logan Thomas played almost 80% of the snaps last week. Clearly the commander's number one tight end. All right, moving to the AFC now. Let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, easy win here for the Ravens over DTR, who was starting in place of Deshaun Watson. But one thing I've noticed is since J.K. Dobbins has gone down, and maybe it's coincidental, but since J.K. Dobbins has gone down, Lamar Jackson is certainly running with the football more. 12-54-0, and then on Sunday, 9-27-2 rushing. I mean, that is really, really strong. We also got a Mark Andrews breakout game here a little bit. Evan, what do you see out of Baltimore's easy win over the Browns? Yeah, I mean, only 19 pass attempts for Lamar Jackson. So they're not, you know, Todd Monken has the background, the air raid background, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he wants Lamar Jackson dropping back to pass 40 times a game. And, and I like that they have upped his, you know, he's he's scrambling. Yeah. I and mean, he's a playmaker. You know what I mean? And when he's got a healthy Mark Andrews, he's outscoring Jalen Hurts right now. You know, he's he's a top three fantasy quarterback. Um, Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman were both out for this game. So the Ravens rolled with Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar, and Devin Duvernay as their three receiver set. Again, 15 completions, 19 pass attempts, only 186 yards. You're not going to get big-time pass-catching production aside from maybe one player, and Mark Andrews was that guy against the Browns. I mean, I I do think that Bateman and Odell being out, even though they've both been struggling, both been hurt, I don't think Beckham's good anymore, it still matters for Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers. You know, those guys are going to look way better when those guys are out. Buffalo. So big win for Buffalo. I mean, huge win for the MVP race. Josh Allen's now the favorite in MVP race over to a big win in the AFC East. Awesome. Josh Allen, Steph Diggs here. I think Steph Diggs is having just an awesome season after some concerns late in the year, over the summer, et cetera. Josh Allen shows the kind of ceiling that he has in this game. Evan, what do you think of the Bills dominating performance over a hot Miami team? Yeah, a lot of thoughts here. So the Dolphins kept Xavier Howard on one side of the field, and the Bills just had Stefan Diggs running routes the entire game at their other corner, Cater uh, Kohu. And Stefan Diggs just absolutely dog walked him. Stefan Diggs is a freaking baller. And I mean, that, that, that's just what it is. The offense is firing on all cylinders right now. You know, there is a sense that, you know, I I think especially in our kind of circles that, uh, you know, the run game doesn't matter, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, people actually in the NFL are like, you know, the Bills lacking a running game, it's forcing Josh Allen to have to be Superman all the time. You definitely want Josh Allen to be Superman. He he is Superman, okay? But – to get, I mean, just it relieves a little bit of pressure, and they're and they're getting big time runs from James yeah. Cook. James Cook got a goal line carry in this game. Um, he's still not playing on third downs and in the two minute, but I mean, he has emerged as an as an every week RB two, and the fact that he's getting goal line touches that gives him an RB one ceiling. So just a, a little bit of context, Norris tweeted out that 
on that play where James Cook got the goal line carry, Latavius was actually gassed and came out before mm-hmm. that. But okay. still, still good. They could have put Damian Harris in there, you know. So still, still good to see them give James Cook the goal line carry. I noticed that too. I thought that was really, really important. Dalton Kincaid ran a route on 23 out of 29 dropbacks. Dawson Knox only ran 14 routes. But man, they're using Dalton Kincaid like he's Cole Beasley. And I get that he's a rookie. Maybe they have bigger plans. But right now, it's just really hard. His ADOT is four yards. I mean, they're they, turning Dalton Kincaid into Cole Beasley is not what I had in, in mind uh, when they used him, when they took him. All right. Cleveland. A little surprised that Sean Watson didn't end up playing in this game. But man, DTR Dorian Thompson-Robinson was horrific. 36 pass attempts. He turned that into 121 pass yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. So, you know, with the way DTR was playing in this game, everyone on Cleveland was stone dead. They get a bye this week. Then they have to face the 49ers. But at least we know Deshaun Watson will be back for that game. Hard to have takeaways, I think, Evan, given DTR was under center. But any thoughts on Browns here? Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned that they they have a, they have a bye on deck. I, I thought it was interesting the way that Kevin Stefanski phrased essentially Deshaun Watson's decision to sit out, he was like, he didn't feel like he could go. So that, that, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Um, I don't have any other big takeaways. You know, there was like a scare. I think it was on Saturday, David and Joku, yeah. uh, like burnt himself trying to light a fire pit or something like that. Yeah. He winds up leading the team in targets, catches and, and receiving yards. Um, no, no other huge takeaways here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson isn't isn't an NFL quarterback, at least not at this point. He was good in the preseason. Anyone out there with a uh, fire pit at their home, hashtag how rich, just be careful out there, all right? We don't want anyone burning their face off like uh, like David and Joker. Did you see the uh, the outfit that he showed up in? Yeah, that was awesome. That was sick. <laughs> uh, Broncos. I mean, Russ has another efficient game. Now, obviously, this was against the Bears. But another efficient game for Russ, he's now up to 22.7 DraftKings points per game in six games as a Bronco without Nathaniel Hackett. With Nathaniel Hackett, Russ was at 14.8 DraftKings points per game. I mean, it's been a stark difference when he has not had Hackett around him. So, you know, I thought Russ was a fine play in cash. He came through again against the Bears. What do you see out of the Broncos win in Chicago? Yeah, you know, and I've seen all these Russell Wilson starts, and I still don't get the feeling that he's really that good or, like, that he's turned a corner. But, I mean, hey, he's, he's putting stuff into the box score, and so we'll take it. I mean, he should be able to have a very productive game against the Bears. You know, that that's for sure. Um, still frustrating about – Marvin Mims has five catches of 30-plus yards, and they still can't find a regular role for him for whatever reason. I thought it was interesting. So Samaje Pirine and Javante Williams both got banged up in this game. They like believe in Jaleel McLaughlin. Yeah. I mean, they are willing to play him a lot. And so I think that he is a guy that really should probably be owned in all leagues. I don't think that you can lean on. I don't think that you can count on Javante Williams health, although it sounds like he's going to be all right off this hip injury. Yeah. And then Samaje Pirine is, is really just a role player. So, yeah. Yeah. Couple, couple things there. First, I would say the report on Javante Williams on Sunday from Schefter was that this is minor. He's not expected to miss much, if any time. I'm still adding Jaleel McLaughlin where I can because A, we know how serious of an injury that Javante Williams was coming off of. And B, they like McLaughlin, like Evan said. Anyways, I saw McLaughlin get a carry 
in the first quarter before Pirine, before Javante Williams got hurt. You know, so uh, yeah, I, I want to have McLaughlin on the MIM stuff. His role is getting a little bit better. He's at least ahead of little Jordan Humphrey now. And he's like, even with Brandon Johnson, but yeah, he has 40, he has 50 DraftKings points and he's run 39 routes all year. I mean, that's just absolutely insane. We don't really talk about defense that much on here, but Evan Broncos defense is allowing 7.0 yards per play this season, despite facing Garoppolo, Howell, Tua, and Fields. I mean, they play the Jets this week, so that's going to start to look a lot better, I think. But this is going down as a historically bad, embarrassingly bad Broncos defense. Well, they only have one good player on defense, Patrick Sertan. Yeah. I mean, they only have one good player. Colts. So Colts make an awesome comeback behind Anthony Richardson, come all the way back, but then lose to the Rams in overtime. I want to get to Anthony Richardson in a second here. But to me, the big story is Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if you have a read on what's going on here, Evan. Nope. My read is that like Colts are playing pretty well. Zach Moss has been playing very well, I think. And they're just like, well, what do you want to do, Jonathan? And he's like, well, I have to play some games to get my contract accrued. So I guess I'm just going to come back and play. I mean, is it is that really all that simple? Now, no one seems to really know. I've been looking all morning for stuff on Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor. If he's going to play this week, what the plan is. No one really seems to know. So we'll see. My guess right now is that he's active week five, but I honestly have no idea. Any thoughts on the Jonathan Taylor situation? I'm with you. I, I'm kind of like, what? the stuff that came out on Monday, we're doing this early Tuesday afternoon. The stuff that came out on Monday was like, oh, Jonathan Taylor will be back in practice this week. <laughs> like, like everything's fine. I saw Nothing happened. I saw your Seinfeld tweet. That was yeah. great. Um, yeah, but then, you know, Dan Graziano of ESPN, he had a report where it was like, no, nah, it's it's not that clean. You know, it's not that clean. And who would really expect it to be that clean after all that they went through? Um, I, I don't know what to think. I, I'm, in, I'm just in wait and see mode. Yeah. And like, you know, maybe they'll end up accepting a second round pick or something. And in that case, I could see a deal maybe, maybe getting done. I wouldn't, I, if I was running a team, I would not give up a second round pick for Jonathan Taylor, but maybe there's a team out there uh, who would. Anyways, back to what's going on on the field. I mean, some of these Anthony Richardson throws, man. Holy cow, this guy is a freak. And then the rushing stuff. I mean, he's gone 23, 131, four rushing, but he's missed so much time. He's only played 151 snaps this season. Just his rushing alone would make him a top 20 running back in half PPR. That doesn't even count all the throwing stuff. And by the way, he's made some awesome throws this year. So I mean, he's Cam Newton. I mean, I know you've called him Cam Newton, Evan. He, he looks like Cam Newton with maybe even more explosive ability running the football. What do you think of Anthony Richardson and the Colts come back that narrowly fell short? Well, I think that Anthony Richardson, you know, if you had an optimistic viewpoint on him from a fantasy standpoint, because we knew that the upside was there, right? You, you, you were talking about like, Oh, he's a, he's, you know, a safe floor guy, Yeah. but could he be a safe floor and a high upside guy? And that's exactly what he's been. So if you had the positive take on him, you were right. Um, and I, I think it's it's only going to get better. I, I mean, I, I think he's an every week fantasy starter. This is a real life NFL question. If and I know that we're all influenced by four games. Would you? I mean, if you had the number one pick, who would you take? C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, or Bryce Young? Anthony Richardson. I mean, what he's shown as a as a thrower, and they've asked him to run a really fast and even a throw centric offense at times. And I thought he's executed for his first NFL season. I mean, yeah. No brainer. I mean, I'm, I'm swinging for the gold. By the way, I talked a bunch on the solo pod about 
how much worse Zach Moss and maybe eventually Jonathan Taylor will be uh, with Anthony Richardson, R versus Gardner Minshew. If you're interested in that, listen to that. Other note I had was Alec Pierce is in the concussion protocol right now. We'll see if he can get ready to go. Jaguars. Easy win for the Jaguars here. Um, again, Christian Kirk dominates targets. Last three weeks, Christian Kirk, 29% of the targets. Calvin Ridley, just 15% of the targets. I'm not overly worried about Calvin Ridley, but it just seems like these defenses can push the ball to Christian Kirk if they want. Now, Calvin Ridley did draw a deep pass interference call. He was defended a lot by A.J. Terrell. I think it's a very good corner, but still, like, I think Calvin Ridley has better days ahead. I'm not too, too worried. Any thoughts on that? Anything else on Jaguars? Yeah, he sh- A.J. Terrell shadowed him in this game. Um, you know, Zay Jones was out again, so that's helping Christian Kirk. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like Christian Kirk should be playing ahead of Zay Jones anyway. Yeah. We'll see when Zay Jones gets back. He's now missed two straight games. Travis Etienne outsnapped Tank Bigs 56-8. to eight. So that is ETN's backfield at this point. And he may get vultured every now and again at the goal line or something like that. But, I mean, ETN's getting, like, almost all the work. Mm-hmm. I think that Calvin Ridley is a screaming by low. You know, I, I think that really, if you put it in context, the dude has barely played, like, for two years. I mean, I, I think that it, it it makes sense that he would have some rust to knock off or, or whatever. I mean, he's not going anywhere. Like, he's – He's he's locked in. He's their their most talented wide receiver with an ascending quarterback in a pretty good offensive scheme. I, I think that people should be trying to buy Calvin Ridley aggressively. I, I think you can get him pretty cheap. I mean, people are panicking, full blown panic right now on Calvin Ridley. And so yeah, I don't like I was thinking, what would I give up to get Calvin Ridley? Like maybe I'd give up Puka, I doubt it, but like I don't think you have to mm-hmm. give up someone that good. You could give up someone way worse and maybe get your hands on Calvin Ridley. By the way, the Jaguars are getting back Cam Robinson from suspension. They needed that. They, they needed some injection into their offensive line. Um, and then God, they have to play back-to-back London games. Yeah, it's so that has weird. never happened before in NFL history. So weird. Chiefs. So Chiefs get out to a big lead. Things were going, you know, as everybody thought they would against the fighting MILF hunters, Zach Wilson and the Jets. And then somehow, somehow, some way, Jets get back in the game and honestly had a real chance to win it, some shaky calls, especially that one on Sauce Gardner down the stretch there. What do you think of Chiefs hanging on on that Sunday night football game against the Jets? Well, it wound up being a much more enjoyable game than I thought it would be to to watch. Travis Kelsey has now been held under 70 receiving yards in five straight regular season games going back to last season. Sky Moore is catchless in two of the Chiefs' first four games. I mean, he's just... I think he's just probably not very good. Um, Rasheed Rice over the last two games has been almost a 50% player. So I think that he's working his way up the depth chart. Um, You know, we we got a a big run out of Isaiah Pacheco for uh, for a touchdown. Uh, You know, I don't know. Patrick Mahomes didn't have a big game. He was playing the Jets. The Jets still have a really good defense. So For sure. For sure. And yeah, I'm like, I could not, I still can't believe the Jets lost, even with Zach Wilson to the Patriots. But with any other quarterback, you know, the Jets have a very good team. We'll get to them in a second here. The uh, Rasheed Rice thing, I totally agree with. Like in a deeper league, I probably should be, I want to prioritize having Rasheed Rice on my team at this point. I do think his role is growing 47% of the routes here in this close game against the Jets. Otherwise, it's just so flat at wide receivers. Hard to get excited 
Pacheco, though, man, I really think he's separating, you know, 20 for 115 and a touchdown in the past game, in the screen game, Pacheco has been really mm-hmm. good too. 343 zero there. He looked like he was shot out of a cannon for that game. Did Pacheco. Um, I think that what Rasheed Rice really needs is he needs to like pass Sky Moore. Yeah. Because they're like sharing the slot role right now. Las Vegas. So unfortunately, Jimmy Garoppolo could not get cleared for this game, leading to Aiden O'Connell starting. Even with Joey Bosa out, he was under relentless pressure. And some of that was on AOC. He just could not process fast enough. And he had guys in his face way too much. Ended up taking seven sacks, checked down to Josh Jacobs 11 times. So kind of tough to evaluate. The Las Vegas stuff, considering AOC was in there. We are projecting Jimmy to be back here for week five. Evan, any Raiders thoughts? Yeah, Josh Jacobs. So Josh Jacobs is just dominating usage in the Raiders' backfield. He had a big game in the in the receiving game, but he really hasn't had a big rushing game yet this season. Touch counts, one, weeks one through four, 21, 14, 20, 25. They got the Packers coming up next. The Packers have been getting destroyed in run defense. Maybe this will be the game that sparks them. I mean, the usage has definitely been there. Um, are you concerned at all about Devontae Adams, the, the shoulder injury? I know he went back in. He When he went back in, he looked great. So okay. I thought it looked like his shoulder popped out, but, you know, I'm yeah. no doctor. And then he went, he went, he was back out there and he looked great. So no, not, not worried on that one. Okay. And they do have the extra day because they got Monday Night Football coming up against Green Bay. Often. So you know, Bills showed up big. Credit to the Bills where he talked about that. I did think it was interesting on the Dolphins side that Devon Achan, 40 to 28 in snaps over Raheem Mostert, 28, 16 in routes over Raheem Mostert, 13, 12 in opportunities over Raheem Mostert. Now, a lot of that in the second half when they were trailing, but still, man, I mean, Achan has gone from healthiest scratch to bit player to 1A now. I mean, that's pretty exciting. What do you see out of Miami's loss up in Buffalo? Oh, man, you want to talk about exciting. This dude. I saw uh, Renner comparing De- Devin A-Chain to Chris Johnson. You remember CJ2K, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, we had Dane Brugler on. He compared him to Javid Best. I mean, wow. I mean, th- you want to talk about shot out of a cannon. Yeah. That's Devin A-Chain. I remember Greg Cosell, also of NFL Films, doing – his, after his tape review of Devin A. Chain, and Devin A. Chain is sub 200 pounds. You don't see like lead backs in the NFL at sub 200 pounds regularly. And, but Greg, Greg was like, you know, the way that this dude runs, like, I, I think he can be a lead back in the NFL, even though he doesn't have that size. And we're seeing him. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's the 1A, you know, right now. I think that there are some concerns on the Dolphins' offensive line. Connor Williams' absence was glaring their center with a groin injury against Buffalo. They got a lot of pressure on Tua. Tua took one sack in the Dolphins' first three games. Took a bunch of sacks against the Bills. They also lost Teron Armstead, their left tackle, who seemingly gets hurt like every freaking week. Um, But he is not going to play against the Giants Jeff Wilson is eligible to return Correct. this week. We'll see what kind of a role he has. But I think that A-Chain, like, he just is such a good fit for yeah. what Mike McDaniel wants to do because he is shot out of a cannon. Uh, I'm hesitant to call A-Chain the 1A in games where they're winning. You know, I still think that we'll see a lot of Mostert and Wilson. And by the way, I think Wilson and Mostert will play kind of the same role. A-Chain has his own role. I think in, in games where they're winning, A-Chain will be more of the 1B. But games like this where they're losing, A-Chain's for sure the 1A. 
just also wanted to take a second here to pump my own bags. I'm sorry, but you know, Tua deserves comeback player of the year, in my opinion. I know I'm biased. I'm pumping my own bags, but Tamar Hamlin, shout out to him, was active for the first time. He was back and clearly a great story as well. Tamar Hamlin did play in special teams in this game. New England goes to Dallas and just gets absolutely stomped. Does New England. I don't even know what to say about this New England team anymore. They're so slow, so boring. The big report pregame, which no one cared about or believed, was that Zeke was going to play starter snaps. That was obviously wrong. Ramondre still ahead 35-22 in snaps, 16-8 in touches. It doesn't really matter. I never want to click a Patriot. Like, never. I, I don't I don't know what would make me want to click a Patriot, really, other than like some cheap Hunter Henry stuff. What do you think of Patriots getting steamrolled down there in Dallas, Evan? So the Patriots benched Mac Jones in this game, but then Bill Belichick, what, what did Belichick say? I, I didn't see his presser. Well, he said the score was out of hand and we just wanted to get Mac out of there. It, I, okay. it didn't, it didn't strike me like he was actually thinking about making quarterback change, but I, I could be wrong. Well, he was playing so poorly that like, he was like sabotaging the offense. Yeah. I mean, there, there's something going on there. There's something going on there behind the scenes. I mean, don't, don't you get the same sort of feeling about Mac Jones and the Patriots. Like there's, there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. I think he's tilted that they haven't given him the right weapons. I think he was tilted at the scheme last year. And I think they're tilted with him that he hasn't been good enough. You know, it's, it's headed for a bad situation. I mean, for sure. Yeah. It's ugly. I guess Mac Jones is going back under center. Juju Smith Schuster. You could have dropped him weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Tyquan Thornton, their 2022 second round pick, a lot of speed. He is eligible to, to return this week from IR. I don't, uh, I don't have any other notes. It, it's, it's really disappointing. I, Ramondre Stevenson has been disappointing. Definitely. Definitely losing a ton of work to Zeke and just not playing that well. I'm hesitant to say it's Ramondre's fault because the offense is like, everybody's just on top of each other. Cause they're all so slow, but that's. This was clearly the best game that Zach Wilson has played in the NFL. I think 28 of 39 for 245 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions against the Chiefs. Obviously, he drops a shotgun snap, which ended up being a really big mistake in the game. But if Zach Wilson can play like that, they're going to win a ton of games. I'm real skeptical that he can sustain playing at that level. Evan, what do you think of the Milf Hunters big game against the Chiefs? Anything else on the Jets? I mean, he has skills. He's just really poor decision maker, really inconsistent down to down. So you just you, you kind of don't know what you're going to get with Zach Wilson in this particular game. You saw that he had skills. He's the number two pick in the draft. He's athletic. He's got a really good arm. Um, you know, and you you protect him a little bit. I mean, he can make some plays, but I think that over the course of time, like we're we're going to see the old Zach Wilson pop up again. We're still using defenses against him. There, and I know you tweeted about this. They, they, the Jets have shown almost no inclination to in, in, increase Brees Hall's role. Yeah. He I mean, has, his touch counts are 11, 4, 13, and 9 through four games, and he's been under 50% of the snaps in all four. At some point, though, you got to think that they're going to expand him because Dalvin Cook like can't play anymore. Dalvin Cook is done, and obviously with each week that goes by, Brees is further removed from the ACL tear, and everybody says, oh, well, just wait until – week eight and Brees is going to be playing 80% of the snaps. I, I don't know, man. They're still playing Michael Carter on pass downs. And like, even that's an they, overlooked thing. I mean, Michael Carter yeah. is like playing a significant number of snaps every week. It's a three man backfield. Right. And on a bad offense when Zach Wilson's in there. So 
you know, hopefully you sold Brees after week one, but you know, it's just not great right now. I would probably just hold the bag and hope that he plays more. They get a different quarterback. Steelers. I mean, this was hideous. I mean, this is like franchise altering changes need to be made to go down to Houston and get absolutely embarrassed. Now I know Kenny Pickett banged up his knee in this game. I know Pat Firemuth left with a hamstring injury. He's going to be out two to three weeks, but you just can't have this. I mean, you can't go down there. I know Deontay Johnson, but you just can't go down there and get absolutely smoked. They're not going to fire Matt Canada though. They just gave the guy like a freaking promotion or something like that. I don't know, Evan, <laughs> how, how do we rectify what's going on in Pittsburgh? This was a really ugly one. I mean, they're going to be starting Mitch Trubisky. This uh, I think Pickett has a chance to play. He said that he's going to be fine. We'll really? See. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not opposed. By the way, I'm not opposed to giving Mitch Trubisky a shot either. Yeah, you mentioned Fryermuth hamstring ruled out. I don't think that he'll play this week. They're already without Deontay Johnson. Jalen Warren has outscored Najee Harris in PPR points so far. Their offensive line isn't very good. I yeah. I, I, I have no optimism about um, this offense. Najee was alive in this game yeah. again. You know, he was alive in that Raiders game. Then he was alive in this Texans game. He averaged over five yards a carry, which he never does on 14 carries. He had a 23-yard run. He had a 32-yard catch. So, like, you know, in these matchups, I think Najee can still be a flex kind of play for people in season-long leagues. But, yeah, it's certainly not exciting. Last team we're going to do on the show today is the Tennessee Titans' impressive beatdown of the Cincinnati Bengals in a 27 to three game. We saw some vintage Derrick Henry runs. I mean, I know you had big fades on Derrick Henry. I know you had big fades on Travis Kelsey. They both look really good this year, but we did see a couple Derrick Henry runs where I was like, man, that looks like old school Derrick Henry. What did you think of Titans easy win over the Bengals? Yeah, I agree with you. He looks really good. I'm not surprised. I mean, it's still early in the season. You know, the offensive line situation is not going to get any better. You know, they're going to give them a million touches when they're winning. That, that That's the when thing. They're like, winning. When right. they're winning 27 to three, Henry's going to look good in close games when they're behind. It's not going to look like this. You know? And in this game, they gave him an early field goal and then they scored 27 unanswered. Yeah. So it, it really went well for Derrick Henry. Yeah. When they fall behind, like Tajay Spears is going to play a ton. Yeah. Uh, Tajay Spears should definitely be rostered everywhere. DeAndre Hopkins, is he, is he starting to look old to you? 65 yards or fewer in six straight games dating back to last December. What are we doing with Traylon Burks? He missed against the Bengals with a knee injury. What do you think? On Hopkins, I thought he's he's been a contested catch short area guy going back to Arizona. He did have a play there. He was open in the end zone on a bomb. Tannehill missed him in this game. But yeah, I think that's his game now. Traylon Burks, if you have to drop him, I, I think that's okay. You know, I, I just don't think there's going to be explosive pass game environments very often for this team. Okay. Chig has been a disappointment. Yeah. I would say. I mean, along with every other tight end. Yeah. I, yeah. It's wild how bad the, the tight end field is this year. I know you, you've talked about that. Yeah. Titans are two and two now, as is everyone in the AFC South. And, you know, they play the Colts next, which is obviously a really big AFC South game. I, I think the Titans are going to hang around. And, like, you know, I thought maybe Tannehill could get traded and they get a look at Will Levis, but. They're going to end up winning, you know, seven, eight, nine games or something like that. And that'll be enough for Tannehill to stick in there. All right. That'll do it for the week four team by team recap and look ahead to week five. Great to have Evan back in the mix here. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at Establish the Run, at Adam Levitan, at Evan Silva. For Producer Luke, for Producer Ryan, for 
producer Steven. Yes, it takes three producers just to produce this one beautiful show for you all. I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm -hmm.